Hockey fans, welcome once again to the Vegas Hockey Podcast. My name is Mark Warner, along with Chris Lisa, as always. Today we're going to be going through the 2018 free agency class. There was a lot of stuff to go over and look at, so we're going to get we're going to get right into it. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. All right, as usual, I'm Mark Warner along with Chris Lisa out on Long Island. I'm going to go ahead and grab Chris right away. Chris, good day to you, sir. Uh, We're going to go through the 2018 free agency and trades that cropped up around that July 1st deadline. There's a lot to get into today, so uh, let's have at it, Chris. What say you this morning? Uh, So little to do and so much time to do it. Wait, strike that, reverse it as an homage to Gene Wilder. So let's get cracking. So let's start with the we'll start with the night. Uh let's start with before we get to the whole Eric Carlson thing. Uh re up Brian Reeves, uh sign um Stasny, Neil and Prawn move on. Um very confused of why Neil moved on, but I think in the big picture uh I'll be uh, I'll be fine. Uh, maybe he might miss a little bit of his goal scoring next year, but Fastley is the best two-way player of the of that of those veteran groups. Obviously, gives him more depth at center. Um, you know, he's you know good in the dot. He's good defensively. He, you know, he's maybe not the he, he, he can provide really good secondary scoring. He'll fit in, I think, very well. Yeah, the, the you know six and a half. Okay, but it's a three-year deal. That's the key. It's a three-year deal. That's Reeves what I like them, about it too. Uh, yeah, yeah. Reeves gives him a uh, a good, uh, you know, physical presence. He can play. He's not just a tough guy. He, you know, as you say, he 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 kind of keeps the uh, keeps the flies away from the honey. I like that line. You had that last night. That's so, a George McPhee. Um, That's a George McPhee cut. Uh, I like okay, it. Okay, so yeah. Yeah, I like it too. So that may and again, two year deal. So that that's you know, and you want to have some veterans on this team as you introduce more young players. Um, you know, Neil, for whatever reason, we talked about this. We were speculating, you know, five years at five point seven five without getting to the math versus Vegas mostly offering five years five million when you calculate the taxes and stuff. The only thing I can think of that makes uh, sense of an explanation, although it's it's illogical. Says, you know, sometimes we all as people get into our own heads and we screw ourselves up. So I, I just wonder that if James, you know, James Niels or James Van Riemsdyk, uh, you know, get a five-year deal for seven million, and then he saw Stasny get six and a half, that somehow, some way, he's like, well, wait a minute, why do I have to take five? And, you know, at the end of the day, he was able to get 575 from Calgary. But then, you know, he's moving on to get another city, another team. And after taxes, uh, he's not going to be better off. But it is what it is. And, uh, you know, I I thought it was uh, productive and, you know, a good new look for the night. No, I agree. I think right now I give give them a B in free agency. They brought in a couple kids – um, 
Daniel Carr specifically from Montreal, and I don't know much about the guy. He got uh, six goals, 16 assists last year in 30-something games, and just turning 25, I believe. And the general consensus on Montreal Canadiens' Twitterverse was good for him. He's going to get a chance to play full-time. I think he proved he should be in the league. Um, a lot of a lot of good luck. Uh, we'll, you know, ho- hope it works out for you there. Uh, nothing. Oh, Vegas got uh, a dump truck or a pot, you know a traffic pylon or anything like that. So um, the the scouting report I read, I haven't even seen any video of the kid, but they said he's he's quick. He's got a nice touch. Um, needs to work on his two way game a little bit, but. It sounds like he'll be competing for maybe a third-line wing. There is a wing or two spot open. Uh, you, you were talking about Neil and Perron. So I think Tatar was – and we've talked about this. I think Tatar was signed in case one of them were, wouldn't be back. And I think if you plug him on, on uh, second line with Stastny and you could put Tuck on that right wing or – uh, maybe Carpenter can go there or whatever. I think there's a spot to be had for a player to come to that second line if they don't want Tuck to start there. But even if Tuck starts there, I think Staffney, um his awareness with the puck makes both those guys better. And if you if you could just park Tatar with Staffney, I think you're going to start seeing return for those three draft picks that were spent on him. I uh, I give him all, all the credit in the world. He was brought into a tough situation. There was a team that was gelling, a team that was, was you know, consistent with the lineup for the most part. And he was trying to fit in and find his way and didn't have a camp and never had consistent line mates and was healthy scratched. And, and like you said, sometimes we get in our own head and we get in our own way. And I think that might've been the case with Tatar. So I think a full camp learning, uh, learning the system, consistently with a with a center veteran center like Staffney. I, I think Staffney I mean Tavares aside and we'll see what happens with Eric Carlson. I think Staffney was sort of the coup of the free agency draft, Chris, to be honest with you. He's number ten in face offs last year. So that shores up a big need um that was exposed even more so in the playoffs the the deeper the nights went. Um they, they just didn't have that guy they could put out in the defensive zone uh, killing penalties or late in the game when you needed to have that possession back and take the pressure off. They just didn't have that guy. And Stastny is that guy. And we were talking last night on the NHL on the ice podcast and, you know, nobody saw that coming. No, there wasn't hint one rumor when we've seen rumors about Carlson and, and Tampa and Dallas and Vegas and Colorado and Philly and the Islanders and the Raiders and on and on and on and on and on. Not one tweet or report had Stastny going to Vegas. In fact, the, the Winnipeg earlier in the week had traded assets to make cap room. I, I, I haven't seen much out of Winnipeg, but you got to believe they thought he, he was locked up uh, if they were willing to move pieces to make cap room for him. And um, George McPhee swoops in and, and picks him up. And, you know, we talked about Evander Kane and how well he played for the Sharks uh, after the trade deadline last year, I, it's pretty easy to make the case that Stastny was the second most impactful player that moved teams at that trade deadline, and so I, I, I that's that's a great signing for for Vegas. You you do eat six and a half mil on the cap, um, but like you said, it's it's 
it it's only for three years and and that's right about yep. the window where Suzuki and Glass, he might be around for a year with Suzuki and Glass and Minner, those guys at the center position, and then they're expected to be there. So that, I, I think that's a, I think that's a great signing. Um, I love, I love bringing Reeves back. If you recall back at the trade deadline, I liked the Reeves signing better than I liked the Tatar signing. I didn't see the need to spend that, you know, three draft picks, one, two, three on another offensive player when things were going and gelling pretty well, but I really liked the re-signing. Um, so to bring him back, McPhee said he wanted to pay him a certain amount of money and Reeves wanted a certain amount of terms. So they just squished the numbers together and took three years worth of money and put it into two. Um, kudos on the Knights for bringing him back. And then a little bit and, of news. And, in they, the signed, and, they, Go ahead. and they signed Nick Holden. So, and they signed Nick for Holden. For sure. Another little, good, you know, depth defenseman. Yeah, he's going to be the the cheaper version of Lucas Bisa. He's he's a stay at home uh, defensive defenseman. So you're going to save about a million and a half off what Spisa was making. So that's not um, there's nothing wrong with that. And then on the RFA front, uh, William Carlson, Colin Miller, and Thomas Nosek all filed for arbitration. So for people that were worried about whether Carlson was going to be back next year, which it was a long, long shot that he wouldn't be considering he's an RFA. Oh, please. He, was, he, he wasn't going to go anywhere, but now that he filed for arbitration, it's a hundred percent that those three players will also be back the, 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 next year. The, 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 the dirty little secret in the league is no one touches anyone else's RFAs. I mean, if, yeah. if there's a team to, to mess with, and uh, this is not Sal Graves, but if a team's desperately looking for scoring, wouldn't, why wouldn't they get sign uh, William Nylander to an offer sheet with uh, where the Maple Leafs are with their cap and stuff? So uh, moving forward and right. put them in a real bind, you know, that's an example. So they'll, they'll get their hearing set. Um, I, I think Sinbin.Vegas uh, had a good article uh, explaining how that all goes, but like 90% of players that file for arbitration actually settle and come up with a, a agreement with the team before it actually gets to the arbitration hearing. So, I mean, Vegas, Vegas doesn't have to jump in right away. They're still working on Eric Carlson and a couple other things. Um, so I, I think that all three of those players will get a deal done before it gets to arbitration. It's just a matter of how much and how long. So, um, I, I so think right now, B, I think that Knights are maybe a little bit worse than last year. Um, I, I, I think what we may miss most between Neil and Perron is Perron's puck possession in the offensive zone when he would get the puck. He was just relentless in, in hanging on to it and creating offensive zone time for uh, Neil and Halla to create. And I I'm not sure if Tuck is ready to be that guy yet. He's more of a in-front-of-the-net type of player. So that might be what is missed. But with Stastny at 2C, then if Eakin has to go to Car in the Carlson trade to even up money, Eakin's making 3.85. So that would be about 50% of the Ryan portion of the contract. And Hala can slide down and take 3C. And I think that's an improvement at the 3C position. Um, so not, I, I don't think they're a worse team, maybe just a little bit different, look stronger in some areas and still doing work to fill in some other ones. So then let's jump to calls. And so if I could do a quick, where we are in terms of calls and it appears 
but the three contenders are Vegas, Dallas, and Tampa. Then, to complicate matters, the owner, by many indications of Ottawa, wants Bobby Ryan off the roster, and we want him off the roster, so the easiest way to do that is to put him in a Carlson deal. There's no way that Tampa can take on Bobby Ryan's contract uh, with with their cap situation. I, it appears Dallas doesn't want to. Vegas is, it seems to be the only team willing in that scenario. So, so yeah. either the GM of Ottawa has to get his owner off that and tell him why, or B, he has to find a creative way to move Ryan with somebody else. And the only other possibility of that is, let's say, if he coupled Ryan with a Matt Duchesne uh, and someone that, you know, because he's very much on the block and hasn't really been talked about a lot because of Carlson. So you got that whole aspect of it. You know, the, the early word is that Carlson of the three, and this is not a slide to the other two. And again, who knows? This is not gospel. Uh, but what you hear is he really would like to go to Tampa, and that's that's where he'd be willing to sign the, an extension with. Now, does that mean he wouldn't sign an extension if he got a deal was just about done with Dallas or Vegas? Who knows? You know, uh, so you you got a lot of moving parts here. You, uh, you have the Tampa salary cap situation. You have Bobby Ryan. You have the Senator's own, owner. We know that Vegas and Tampa have been asked to call some for quite some time. Um, you know, there's a limit to what these teams are willing to give up. You know, the, the breaking point for Vegas uh, appears to be, you know, Cody Glass. The breaking point for Dallas seems, it appears to be Miro Hishkinen, who is, you know, Cody Glass is the sixth pick in the 2017 draft. Miro Hishkinen was the third pick. Uh, Tampa's willing to give up Sergeyev. Or from the 2018-17 draft, Cal Foot, but not both. So uh, there's a lot going on. I spoke to Dan Harrigan, friend of the show, a couple hours ago, and in Tampa they're going really crazy for Carlson, uh, just as much as in Vegas. So they're they're kind of on bated breath as well. So there's a lot to figure out here. It's and uh, you have some information, my friend, I believe that Vegas is basically going to make one final push and it's, uh, you know, it's time to either say, should we stay or should we go? Yeah, I'm trying to find that right now. Someone, someone reported this morning that, uh, that Vegas is, is back at it and are going to come up with an offer that's similar to, what they offered at the trade deadline and let's see. Well, basically, and, and who knows what that is, right? We, it gets put out there in the social yeah, yeah. media, the Twitter landscape, but the bottom line is they're going to make one, you know, one last ditch effort and basically say, okay, we've been, you know, this has been going on since the trade deadline. This is it. Like we would love to have, um, they're going to be, we're going to be fine if we don't. Uh, this is it. This is our best offer. You know who we're not giving up, and, you you know, you've got to give us an answer within, you know, whatever, by end of day, what, 24 hours, what have you. And then they're going to, you know, they're either going to work out a deal or they're just going to move on. So I, I think the other teams are going to be similar. 
I think in Tampa's situation, it's figuring out the salary cap aspect of it and the Bobby Ryan, how that comes into play, that he has to be included. Uh, I know we're going to talk about the Islanders next. Matthew Shane would be a perfect fit for the Islanders. So, and supposedly they're, they are very involved in talks to try to get Matthew Shane. Now, I, at one point, the Islanders were one of the teams uh, interested in Carlson, but I don't think at this point in time uh, Carlson would rather go to the Tampas, the Dallases, or the Vegases at this time. So, but the point being was there was a, sto- a couple of stories that Lou was willing to take on Bobby Ryan, uh, you know, to give, you know, and the, the offset of that is you take on, take on Bobby Ryan, you're going to give up less assets. So, you know, maybe Lou looks at it, you know, he likes, supposedly he likes Bobby Ryan. He can put him in a bottom six role, although the Islanders have added a few players, uh, good quality players in that regard uh, the last few days. So I don't know how that impacts things. But if it could drastically bring down the price of Matthew Shane, and that would fit in perfectly for them. Uh, so, you know, that would be, uh, a po- you know, that could be a possibility. Although, you know, but keep in mind, Bobby Ryan signed for four more years. So at 7.25 cap hit. So that's a, that's a pretty good number. So, um, yeah, there's a, there's a lot of moving parts going on right here. Yeah. Okay. So the, the, the tweet I was referring to is at NHL rumor mill, NHL rumors, OT says, uh, Eric Carlson trade discussions are ongoing. GM's becoming very frustrated with Dorian. Similar situation now GM's felt with Sackick before the Duchesne deal. Finding a third or even fourth team is, has been and proven very difficult. Even more teams are trying to jump in the deal. I've heard from a source not directly tied to the team that BGK is going to present a better offer this weekend and similar to their pre-draft offer, which included six assets, including three picks. If Dorian doesn't take it, BGK will walk away. So that's what I, that's where they are as far as whatever the NHL rumor OT site on Twitter is talking about. Um, I, right. well, I got a question for you. Guy. Why why does anybody in the East want to jump in, eat a $7 million albatross of a contract when they're all trying to rebuild the teams that have been reported, the Rangers and Islanders most especially, and help Tampa Bay get better? I, I, I don't see what – if you get Matthew Shane and Bobby Ryan, are you going to compete with Tampa in, from the Islanders' point of view? Of course not. If the Rangers well, I, eat I, I, that I, contract, yeah. they're not going to compete with Tampa. And why, Rangers aren't even I, in, in any position. They've already wrote the letter that they're rebuilding. Getting Taking Bobby Ryan doesn't speed their rebuild along, and you're eating $7 million a year for four years. I, don't, I mean, I understand the reports and everything. I don't, I'm missing something because, to, to me – why help Tampa be, get better in your division and in your conference? Well, first off, I think in terms I can't, in terms of the Rangers, they're in the rebuild, and I read they were going to take on Callahan. Now, so so I don't know how the Ryan piece comes into that. In terms of Duchesne, this is just something that I've kind of, from different pieces of information, that at one point recently the Islanders supposedly, and again, this is a lot of ifs, uh, the you know yeah. from what you read that it could be completely we're just spitballing yeah for sure right for supposedly they were willing to take on you know Ryan why so why would you do it if you were the honest well Matt Duchesne is I think twenty eight twenty seven twenty eight years old he would be a perfect center especially after uh, losing Tavares 
uh, he, he would fit the team really well. He's not just a guy for next year, but for the next few years. And because you're taking on Ryan, uh, you would have to give up, one would assume, and the only reason to do it would be give up a lot, lot less uh, to do it. Also, supposedly, uh, Lou Lamorello thinks there's something there in Bobby Ryan. Now, whether or not it's true or not and all that, and maybe you, you know you give him a couple of years, and then if it doesn't work out, then you buy him out in the last couple of years. Uh, you know, from so from that standpoint, they're looking to get better. Uh, you know, start, starting next year, they want to get Matt Duchesne. I don't think, I don't think they're you know. So it, the question is, can they find a deal that makes it work for them uh, from from that from that standpoint? So I don't think it's their. Well, to, to your point, though. To your point, um, Dorian hasn't proven to be willing to lower the price any if a team is is. Uh, oh, well, then, then that's just like that's you know what I'm the saying. Point. Yeah, the, yeah, the, yeah. That's, Vegas. Vegas has offered. That. Yeah, Vegas has offered a, a a deal that I mean, you and I have both said uh, he's a nut for not taking it. You're dumping thirteen right. uh, thirteen and a quarter million dollars. You're getting Theodore, who a lot of people project to be a one or two, you know, top pair defenseman for a long time. You're getting Suzuki, who's, who could play center, and his numbers are very similar to Cody Glass. You're getting a first, another first, possibly, as the rumor says, or a third. It, it might be, you know, one of the things I saw, and, and it was pretty consistent across a few different sites, so I do give it a little bit of weight. Um, Theodore, Suzuki, Eakin, a first, a first, and a third. Now you're eating Bobby you know, Ryan's seven million. I mean, why is that not? Why is that deal that, not done? That I mean, that is market now, value. I, I don't get. I, I don't know. Don't know the other offers, but just in a vacuum, I would agree with you that from a standpoint of, um, yeah, that 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 you know, considering that Carlson is only signed for one more year, uh, I would say if you're Ottawa, you, you got some really good assets, and you just need to move forward and and put this you know, these last number of months, uh, try to, and try to move forward. And you have, uh, you know, you have more guys added to the core, future core, you know, Brady Chuck, Thomas Shabbat, Colin White, Logan Brown, you know, you could add a new Nick Suzuki to that. So, you know, again, uh, you know, is Tampa willing to give up Braden Point? I, I don't know. You know, what is Dallas willing to give up? Uh, I don't know. You know, it doesn't sound like they want to give me or Hishkinen. And I think I think the key thing here is, you know, uh, I don't think any of us really know uh, what's what's. There's been a lot of stuff floating out there, but uh, I think this over the next few days, I, I would be, I would think before next weekend, you know, uh, this has got to, you know, I, I think he has a window here, and then everyone's going to move on, and. Um, you know, so that that's something that Dorian, I think, should be keeping in mind as, as well. Is uh, as he, you know, says, well, I got to get my, you know, my price, which I can respect. But at a certain point, it's like, well, you know, if you don't do it now, then you're looking at the trade deadline, and and you could get less. You know, maybe you get more, but you could wind up getting less. So, and you know, like I said, we're dealing with a lot of speculation and stuff, but. Uh, I, I, I honestly think he's going to wind up either on Vegas or or Tampa. But you watch, wind up on Dallas since they made that statement. But uh, <laughs> but anyway, or the Rangers. <laughs> I mean, 
who knows, right? Yeah, that would make no real, really no sense. But uh, I agree. Anyway, I it was. I, uh, I guess I. I guess the Islanders were a bit in the news this uh, uh, past uh, since our last show. The Islanders did some, or or didn't yeah. do something. <laughs> yeah, right, right. But one one more thing before uh, I just looked this up, Chris. I just looked yeah. this up. Uh, Sixty-four games. Cody Glass, thirty-seven goals. 65 assists, 102 yeah. points. Nick Suzuki, 64 goals, 42 goals, or 64 games, 42 goals, 58 assists, 100 points. Also a center, yeah, also I mean, a Glass, right-handed shot. It's 1-1A one well, one with those two guys. Glass is projected as the better prospect, but who knows? I mean, I can understand if they would rather get Glass than Suzuki, and you know, maybe they're trying to hold out for that as far as much as they can. But, you know, but but who knows from that standpoint. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, uh, take us into the, the Islanders, Chris. This is your baby. So um, Tavares comes down to the last deal, kind of strings a lot of people along, um, and bolts to the Leafs. Yeah, I think the best way I could describe this whole thing was the word I would use is disappointing, uh, to say the least, that I, I think it was a combination of Tavares was not honest with the Islanders, and it might also be a combination that Tavares wasn't honest with himself. Um, he met with ownership uh, when he could sign at the beginning of last summer uh, with his agent. Uh, he said he was not ready to sign at that point. He wanted to see how certain things played out, but he also asked not to be traded, uh, that he you know, he wanted to stay. Um, you know, at that point in time, you know, ownership – decided to stay status quo, which I could understand, because if the word got out, um, if they were shopping him around. Now, keep in mind, use Eric Carlson as an example. Whatever they, you know, let's just say he winds up getting traded over the next week or so, there are very few players in the league like Eric Carlson. And while John Tavares is a tremendous talent, there are a lot more top offensive players than there is to find an Eric Carlson type of defenseman. So I don't think, you know, and not to mention, even if they were able to do well in terms of future assets at that point point in time, um, you know, it still was not going to be a good situation for the franchise, for the fan base. So I could understand at that point uh, them holding Pat. You know, obviously uh, on January 2nd, I believe, they, they got the building situation announced, which by many indications – people felt that that was going to be that was the biggest hurdle in terms of John Tavares resigning um, you know obviously the Islanders season went haywire after middle of December and you know the trade deadline was coming up ownership desperately wanted him to sign at that point in time uh, he still said he wasn't ready but he uh, what I heard was he pleaded pleaded not to be traded at the deadline um, so at the end of the day uh management and ownership uh, took a risk and took a leap of faith. And keep in mind, this is someone they've had a relationship with for nine years. Um, I'm not saying, look, at the end of the day, everyone should go and, and be where is their most happy. But, I, I, you know, listening to the conference call that Tavares did with the New York media, as well as listening to his press conference in Toronto, he, he sounded like a very confused person. Uh, Stan Fischler, a uh, legendary hockey guy over here, uh, was very blunt with him. But 
disrespectful and said, John, look, why didn't you just tell the Islanders where you were at and they could have moved you at the deadline and, and gotten, you know, some kind of a return instead of it having playing this way? And his answer was, because at the deadline, I didn't want to be anywhere else. I wanted to be an Islander for life. And then, and then he said that as the, as the offseason wore on and he did a lot of thinking and soul-searching, now this is before the interviewing process, that maybe it was possible that it was time uh, for a change. And then supposedly, you know, Kyle Dubas said the magic words uh, and reading articles about that, and the interviewing process was basically saying Toronto, um, you know, he wound up going to, to, to the Leafs. So, like I said, I, I don't think John uh, was honest with the Islanders. Now you want to you again you want to one could easily criticize the Islanders saying look by the deadline uh, even if even by all indications uh, the guy hasn't signed uh, even though he's you know in one respect he's kind of indicating this is where he wants to be but in another respect not I can't take any chances but keep in mind this has been this is their biggest player they've had since the Cup teams and that's a long time and um, you know, at the, even even getting you know whatever, two future first round picks or whatever you want to say, uh, there was going to be a limit for a rental, and no one was going. You know, it was like the fan base was going to be doing cartwheels with that. So they took the risk, and again with their length of relationship with him, and you know at the end of the day, he left. Uh, but you know they're going to be, which is kind of ironic if you think about it. Because people were, you know, uh, responding to me, a couple of people on Twitter saying, well, you can't blame him with all the what, number of years. And, like, no one's blaming him for leaving. They blame him for just not telling, you know, he, I think he did owe the franchise. So, if nothing else, to say, look, I'll be honest with you, I'm not sure. You know what I mean? Like, and I understand yeah. you have to do. Now, they could have, they didn't have to honor uh, his him asking not to be traded. But the same token, I think there's something to be said for that. I mean, I, the term I would use is, uh, and they had their own reasons and for their own benefits for sure. But they were loyal to a fault. Uh, yeah. But and it's ironic now. Now the building situation is is, is resolved. They're going to be playing half the games at the Coliseum next year, and then more so the year after that before the new building opens. Uh, they have Lou Lamoureux now running the franchise. They have Barry Trotz one of the best coaches and the Stanley Cup champion behind the bench. Uh, as much as last year was a car crash, uh, the, one of the things that came out of it was Matthew Barzell, who was like a future superstar and, quite frankly, is the best player on this team, and now you leave. So, which just really shows you how much you wanted to go to Toronto. You know what I mean? Those, uh, I, you know, from that, from that standpoint. So, you know, the Islanders are going to be fine. They had a uh, tremendous draft, which we talked about uh, uh, one-on-one. Um, you know, they've added a lot of good uh, uh, secondary players. Lou is not done. I firmly believe he's going to get a center. He's going to get a defenseman. They have a lot of pieces coming. Uh, Kiefer Barrels, I've mentioned on this show before, uh, who, who was one of the best players at the World Junior Championships, is going to be on the uh, see significant time on the team next year. It's it's definitely it's definitely a blow. I'm not gonna lie to you. It's it's ironically, I think it's a lot more. I feel like it's like seventy thirty more psychological than actual, because like uh, you know the best 
player on the team is not John Tavares. It's Matthew Barzell. The number one goal scorer on the team is Anders Lee. It's not John Tavares. So, uh, I, you know, they can score. I mean, um, that's that's not a problem. Um, and, uh, you know, so moving moving forward, it's uh, – and the last thing I'll, I'll, I'll leave with you is – and I don't want to make – you know, I'll just let these situations stand. You know, the, just like anything else, fan base obviously was not thrilled with him, and especially how he dragged the whole thing out. So a couple people on Twitter, you know, burned a couple of Tavares jerseys. Not really my forte of going down, but Arthur Staple, who writes for the Athletic, has been covering that on this forever, reached out to a somewhat prominent Islander. We don't know who it was, and he was like, "Well, did you see that? That you know it was a little surprising." And the, the Islander player said, "Well, can you blame them?" <laughs> and I, yeah. I heard that a lot of the players were, were bewildered and and they. It sounded like they were kind of upset with him. And what was interesting was after he signed, in an interview I heard with Barry Trotz yesterday, Barry Trotz said every every player on that team from last year called him and said, hey, Trotz, I just wanted to let you know, we're going to be fine. We're going to be ready to roll. So, um, which was kind of interesting to me. Um, so, uh, you know, um, it is what it is. Uh, I, I think I think uh, what is going to come out of this is not just for the Islanders, but every team in the league of basically saying, "Look, we're not going to we're not going to go through a John Tavares situation." You know what I mean? So uh, in the future, you know, so uh, either you're going to sign now, or you know, who knows? You know, we're going to be open to trading you. Um, so anyway, that's pretty much. And 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 what was ironic too that and again he's a secondary player although he was tremendous with the young players of Matt Martin when he you know he to put in perspective how much Matt Martin loved being an Islander how much he loves a Long Island he's uh, engaged just recently engaged to a Long Island girl in fact he's engaged to Boomer Esiason's daughter uh, the former football player um, the really? summer he signed with the Leafs he, he the summer Matt Martin signed with the Leafs he bought a house on Long Island. So that's how much he he loved being on the island, on the island and and being with the Islanders. And I so he had a great quote after being fired with the media, and basically saying, you know, he was very frustrated that he didn't probably play the second half of last year. For he, he he basically got you know replaced by other players. He says I'm hungrier than ever. Uh, you, you know, uh, I, I'm so you know, and to be able to get this opportunity and come back to the Islanders, I can't tell you how how happy it makes me. He's, and then he goes, he goes, you don't understand, I bleed blue, white, and orange. So, and, you know, and, 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 you know, and, you know, like I said, his, you know, he still does. Since he became a Leaf, his annual charity event in the summer is still on Long Island. So this, this is, you know, this is not just really kind of talk. And I know he's a, He's a role player. He's a guy who's going to pay, play 10, 12 minutes a night. But it was definitely uh, some juices the Islander fans kind of needed uh, after Tavares kind of leaving kind of thing. And, and good for him, you know, uh, to say the least. So so my question is, and, and I kind of talked to you about it before, with, with Tavares, his, his career high for single season points is 86. That's a 2014-15 season. His career highs in goals is 38. That's the 2014-15 season. 
He's gone to the playoffs, let's see, three, three times. times? Yeah. Three times. Yep. Um, is is that – and, and Toronto gave him an $11 million deal. Is that an $11 million player? Well, taking myself out of it, uh, I talked to another friend of the show, Rob Soria. He doesn't feel he is. And he said, as painful as this is for the Islanders, he said, I think by you might be happy in four deal, years. You, that's what he. That was his point. Um, I and I'm not trying to say is that this the market the going forward. The, uh, yeah, Are we going to see thirty goal scores? Take eleven million. Yeah. I'm not going to. I'm not saying don't. this to rain on the Maple Leafs parade. For instance, you know there was a there was a report out there. The Sharks offered them thirteen million a year, but they offered yeah. ninety one million. Yeah. And, as, cra- as crazy as that is, I could understand doing that for them because they, in my opinion, to be able to win the Cup, need a player like that. And that, that they might feel that they're that one player away, or they need that one player to be in a position to be a Nashville, a Winnipeg, and what have you, uh, you know, a Tampa, what have you. But if you said to me the before going into the offseason. Okay, give me the top five teams that could go after Tavares, contending teams, where you would say, okay, it doesn't make sense. And other than the fact that John Tavares is from Toronto and it's a great story, right, local kid comes home, um, it it doesn't make sense. I mean, they did not lose to the Boston Bruins in the first round because they didn't have enough scoring. Um, you know, they have a they have a very good goalie, but do they have a goalie good enough to win the Cup? But that's the least of it. Their blue line needs a lot of work. And, um, you know, obviously they have Matthews, they have Marner, uh, they, they have Nealander. They have to still pay all those guys. So, to me, one, it wasn't a need. Two, they're still going to have to pay all those other guys who are going to cost, you know, a fortune. And now that you have somebody else on the team making 11, I mean, do you think Austin Matthews, when they negotiate with him next summer, and they say, well, okay, so we'd like to sign you to a you know long-term deal at seven, seven. You're giving the other guy no. eleven. I'm I'm much better the, than him. The, I want fourteen. Did, I mean, yeah. So if I'm I, if I'm Austin Matthews' agent, I'm saying, well, you're paying your thirty goal scorer eleven. You need to pay your forty goal scorer thirteen or fourteen, because that's what Austin Matthews right. is. I, 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 and he's a lot younger. Hey, absolutely, he's going into his third year. And so, has taken his team yeah, to the so, playoffs. Yeah, so it doesn't. It, it, again, I'm not trying to be, you know, uh, you know, beat up Toronto and say, oh, the, uh, that's that's not my my style. Uh, I just, like I said, look, does he make them better? Sure. I mean, he's a terrific player. But from a standpoint of the strength of their teams, what they need to do. Let, let me put it to you this way, and maybe this is unfair. Uh, do they get better? Absolutely. Do I do I consider Toronto, given their current roster, that they're on the level? Uh, let's put the, the Knights to aside for a second. But that they're on the level of Vegas, Washington, Pittsburgh, Nashville, or, or even Winnipeg? I don't. I don't. So I just don't understand. You know, other. I mean, if John Tavares was from. Uh, uh, Scottsdale, right? Isn't that where Austin Matthews is from? Uh, yep. Would they have made this move? 
you know, I, so I, I, because he's question. from Toronto, you know what I mean? It's because he's from Toronto, but it is what it is, you know. So, um, you know, they, you know, be careful for what the, what you wish for. So, it is what it is. But you know, I I expect Lou, uh, you know, to to he's going to do a couple things. He's going to get a defenseman and he's going to get a center. So, or he's going to get a top six forward. Uh, I I just looked I, this I, up, Chris. I would love it to be Matt Duchesne. What's that? Not this season. Not this season, but the two seasons prior, Eric Carlson outscored John Tavares <laughs> in both seasons, seventy-one and eighty-two points respectively for Carlson. And let me open it back up again real quick. Uh, Tavares last season sixty-six points. Season before seventy points. Um. And yeah. Carlson and looking for eleven million from a, a defense. A lot of people saying, well, "Now I know Tavares and, goes know, two ways you know, and all and all that." Um, I think it's well, overpaid. You know, you, if if, if I, my team had paid eleven million dollars for him, I would not have been happy with it. But and I'll say this last thing: as much, and I'm not trying to dump on him, but you know, you could say like, "Oh yeah, well, you know, that's kind of a tough situation." You know, even though John Tavares had over eighty points last year, you know, he was a minus twenty-two. I mean. Uh, you know, on you the same say, team, well, Barzal was a plus five, right? Uh, yeah, he he was a plus. You know, Barzal was, I think, a plus somewhere between plus one and plus three, and he was a rookie. Okay. So I'm not trying yeah. to beat him up, but you can't like you you got to take some accountability of of you know what I don't I don't think he was playing a, a great two way game either. You know that he you know if if, if one of his points no, right. a plus. He was playing with the same defenseman, the same goalie, uh, and and you were a minus twenty two, and you've been in the league eight nine years, uh, you know. But you ah, know, it's a good point. But Chris. anyway, good good yeah, luck to but, Toronto. You know, I think I think in the long yeah. run, the Islanders are going to be are going to be just fine. After and we can talk a little bit. We talked about the draft once, uh, Wallstrom and and I forget your defenseman names you got with the and Dobson come along. Um, yeah. And even Josh Hosang, if he can make the roster and be and contribute offensively, I, I think it, Lamarillo has a lot of pieces to work with that is, that are coming up. The home run they got, the 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 Christmas gift that fell into their lap with with the, those oh. two players at at eleven and twelve. I know we were watch, both watching the draft at the same time. Like, okay, you guys just scored. Um, I think in the long run, you're probably going to look back and go, thanks, John Tavares, for the memories, and also. Thank you for making someone else spend eleven million dollars on you. That's how I feel about it. So let's. So quick question. So next topic and question for you. St. Louis signs Perron. They sign Bozak. Yep. They trade for yep. Ryan O'Reilly. Are they on the yep. level of the other contending teams in the West in your mind now? <laughs> no, I don't like the goaltending. Okay. I mean, he, yeah. he did it. Yeah. Um, I think they're a step below Winnipeg. I think they're a step below the Sharks. I think they're a step below Nashville. Um, I, I like Vegas' goaltending better. I think maybe um, as construed, I, I might put St. Louis and Vegas on about the same footing, but I like Vegas' goaltending better. Um, San Jose sure. got better. Um, Winnipeg, even without Stastny, is, is going to be just fine. That's a very good hockey club. Nashville got better. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't put St. Louis in that 
um, contending category just yet. No. I like what and they what did. What do you think in terms? I, I, well, what do you think in terms of Buffalo? You know, getting uh, a first-round pick. It is protected now. Top ten protected. Which means, though, if if St. Louis keeps the pick, then they get an unconditional one in 2020. Then they get a second in 2021. They get a couple of mm-hmm. veterans, and they get the Blues' first-round pick in 2016, who played half the team last year, Tage Thompson. Looks did like you feel could be like a good they player. did? They did good enough. Buffalo I did. in terms of a return. Okay. Yep. I don't. I didn't. First of all, I didn't see the need to move Ryan O'Reilly unless it's just a cash thing, and you didn't want to pay the signing bonus that was due that night. Um, Pierre LeBrun on Twitter first in 2019, which is protected, like you said. Second in 2021. Uh, Tage Thompson, Sabaka, Bergwin is a major return for the Sabres. I get why the Blues did it. They had Ryan O'Reilly and Bozak today, and they are a better team. But given the midnight pressure to deal Ryan O'Reilly, very impressive haul by Jason Bottero. And, and I'm, okay. I, you know, I'm not, I'm not anybody, but I'm going to go with Pierre Lebrun on that. And except questioning why trade him in the first place, I, I, I don't, unless, you know, there was some, some scuttlebutt that after the season, he made some comments that rubbed some people the wrong way. And, uh, right. And, you know, I don't know if that's enough to divorce yourself from that player. I think Brian O'Reilly makes St. Louis better. And I think I'm looking up at uh, Berglund and, and his cap hits right now. Uh, uh, Sabaka's Sabaka up, up in 2020 at 3.5. Yeah. Patrick Berglund is uh, up on 22 at 3.8. So uh, Berglund's got a little bit of term left on his deal, but 3.85 isn't, isn't a breaker for a team right. in, in the salary cap situation that Buffalo's in. Tage Thompson could be the uh, the nice the nice piece in the puzzle as well as the draft pick. So, yeah, if, and, and right. they didn't have to retain any of the $7.25 million salary that goes the other way. St. Louis eats that whole salary. So, um, yeah, they'll be looking to put that money into Jack Eichel next year and uh, uh, Darlene a couple years down the road. So, yeah, I like it from Buffalo's perspective. They get good serviceable veterans that add a decent cap hit for a few years and and some picks to keep building the core. Good job by, by Buffalo. Now, now the, to me, the biggest disappointment of one – well, I think it was the biggest disappointment, but one of the biggest disappointing teams last year was the Calgary Flames. And so they pull off a big trade. They trade Dougie Hamilton. They trade Furlan, a good role player. They trade one of their top prospects, Adam Fox, Long Island's own Adam Fox, who's from one town away from me, ironically. They get back Hannafin and Lindholm. They sign James Neal. They sign Derek Ryan. Is Calgary a surefire playoff team next year? And I'll give you the same reason. I've never been a Mike Smith fan. You know that. I don't like his body yep. language. He's he's easily frustrated. He, they decided that that's the direction they were going. And I don't think um, – I think they'll be about the – I think on paper they get better, but I think results, you'll be about the same team they were this year. Um, well, there's there's a game against the the Golden Knights that uh, they were up three goals against the Knights in the last five minutes of the game. The Knights get one, 
uh, Mike Smith takes a lap around the goal, smacks it with his freaking stick, takes his mask off, starts going into Mike Smith mode. And 11 seconds later, the Knights are on him again, put it in the back of the net. It's a one-goal game. Um, pull, and, and now he skates out of his – and then, boom, Knights score again. He loses his mind. Knights win in overtime. And I think that's who Mike Smith is. I think if you – and, and he, he'll, he'll skate, skate out of his goal crease and attack players who he thinks are, are uh, you know, encroaching in his space. Um, I, I don't like – Mike Smith in the net, and I th- I think that's that's who Calgary is. I think they're a better team with the additions. Um, I, as a Noah Hannafin fan, I'm I'm not sure how how Dougie Hamilton uh, fell out of favor there, um, but I think he'll play play very well in, in Carolina. But I, I I I just can't put my eggs in, my playoff eggs in in Mike Smith's basket. I just I I've seen him for so many years melt down time and time again against the LA Kings in the Pacific division that it just with him, he's going to have to show me, uh, show me something else. No, no, absolutely. I I, I just think they needed to, I think they would have been better served going after uh, Grubauer or, uh, you know, another goal on the market and see if they could get Smith, but (laughs) apparently they're going to live and die with him. And I, I'm not worried about Calgary. Yeah, last, that way. I mean, for insult to injury, last year was not just beyond a, a disappointment in terms of, you know, 80-point season, not even being close to the playoffs. First and second pick to the Islanders, and that was the 12th pick, which was Noah Dobson, which we just talked about before, how much of a home run that was. I mean, some people, a lot of prognosticators had Dobson uh, – uh, ranked as the, between the fourth and seventh best player in the draft, who was on the board yeah. as well. And then at the and then the Islanders uh, got another really good player in, in the second round because it was a loaded draft, as we talked about in our mock, mock draft show. So I mean, it was like a double whammy uh, for the franchise as, as well. So yeah, I, to me, they're an interesting team going into next year because. Yeah, and obviously we have a new coach now in Bill Peters. From Diego. ironically, he goes from Carolina to Calgary, so huh. um, it's a big year for 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 the for the Flames. Uh, JVR goes to the Flyers, five years, seven million. What do, What do you think about that deal? I mean, obviously he'll be great for them the next couple of years. Uh, what do you think about giving him a seven a seven million dollar number on a five year deal? I like the term. I think it's a little bit of an overpayment. Um, I think he fits well in, in Philly. You know what I mean? I think. I think with yeah. Um, what I, I mean, I think Philly. You guys, you you have to like what they have coming up and what they already have done, um, drafting and and with the players that are on the roster and and specifically. <coughs> excuse me. It's Konechny, Provorov, um, Gostaspier. Uh, that's that's solid, man. I I I just I like the the youth and and the the the, the way they've drafted, um, and and I think I mean JVR goes goes right there. Seven million dollars though, maybe a little much 
and, and we'll go back to what we talked about with Tavares. What what is the market for? You know, basically a, a thirty goal score. You have with Toronto, forty eight games, and let's let's get past that. Let's get to a full season, okay? 2013-14, 30 goals, thirty one assists. 14-15, 82 games, 27-29, 56 points. 2015, uh, 40 games, 30 points. Uh, two years ago, 82 games, 62 points, 29-33. I mean, he, he scored 30 goals twice in his career. He's 29 years old, 81 games uh, last season, 36 goals, 18 assists in Toronto with all of that firepower. Um, coming up with 18 assists. I'm not sure I like that. 54 total points. Is that a $7 million player in today's NHL? Um, Let's put it I don't way. know. Let's say I say yes. I don't know. Let's say I say yes, but I only think it's a yes for years one and two. And he's the kind of player with that kind of size where there could be considerable, you know, drop-offs. So... Yeah, no, it's definitely, you know, will he help them the next couple of years? And he's a veteran, and he's played with some young players. Yeah, so there's some intangible factors to that as well. He started out in Philly, so he knows the area, knows the market, knows the team. So that's all good stuff, too. There won't be a culture shock. Um, but, yeah, I mean, um, it, it, I, 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 I can definitely see the cause of concern to uh, – to say the least. You know, he's had a nice, quiet, quietly, a nice offseason as we were uh, wrapping up the final uh, stretch here in, the show, in this year's shows is uh, Colorado. I mean, you know, they traded a second-round pick for Grubauer. They have to take on Orpic, but they have the cap space, so they buy him out. They pick up Matt, Matt Calvert, who's a, who's a good third-line player on a reasonable three-year deal. They pick up Ian Cole, who's a solid defenseman, to help out their group. I mean, I think they quietly, um, you know, got better. And obviously last year was a, was a really terrific year after the abomination the year before was. Um, I, I thought they made some uh, three really nice little moves. More than, a, you know, more than little moves, I should say. No, I, I'll, go, I'll, I'll go with that. I, li- I like that. I, I mean, Grubauer is going from, obviously, hope he's back up to – most likely Varlamov's backup. Um, well, I think so they, he's going to be the guy because Varlamov's no kid. He, he's on the last year. He's going to have to earn it, though. He's going to have to earn that spot. Yeah, he's going to have to earn it. Yeah, he's going to have to earn it. No doubt. You know what and, I'm saying? There's a competition there that he, that he can yeah, be a one. Uh, right, but as you know, no one knows this better than you, Mark, okay, from the King's Coley tree. You know, for every... Morton Jones there. There's a lot more Jonathan Bernier's and, uh, 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 you know, the, the, the jury is uh, still out on Cam Talbot. Um, there's a lot more guys like like that uh, that didn't yep. make it that look like uh, then that do turn out to be that future number one. So, you know, Grubauer, uh, he's got to prove it. I, I think he could be a really good goalie. Uh, interesting, he was offered to the Islanders before the draft, the day of the draft, uh, mm. with no orbit for the 12th pick. And oh, yeah, you can't, do that. you can't do that. You can't do that. 
what's interesting to me, though, is Lou's coach is Barry Trotz, who's had him for the last three years. So you know there was a before he said. So you know there was a conversation. Now that doesn't mean they didn't like him, okay? Or they're saying he's a bum. No, for but sure. But you know there was the conversation, conversation saying, "Hey, look, my inclination is no, but you tell me, is this guy a surefire uh, future top ten number one?" I mean, if Trot said yes, you know, then you have to think about doing the deal. Obviously, I don't think Trot said yes. No, uh, for sure, and and I I don't. I, that's the market, not like you said, the Kings, I don't know what that was all about, but um, the market for for backup goalies is not the same as the market for a backup quarterback who could, uh, <coughs> excuse me, um, a backup quarterback can go and sign a five-year, $75 million deal somewhere um, after playing six games and, and completing 55% of his passes. I don't know. I don't know where that comes from. But that's not the market for a backup goalie. If you have a backup goalie that's that's uh, proved that maybe he can be a number one, um, I think the Kings got a player who didn't make the team, uh, a third or a second for Bernier. But even in the Martin, but even the Martin and, Jones trade at the time, that wound up being a late one. You know what I mean? Well, it was like a, a 12 or a 13, right? That's not a mid one. Yeah. The Boston yeah, ended yeah, up not, picking not, three, three in a row, right? 12, 13, 14, I think that year. 13, 14, yeah, 15. Uh, I think that was – I'm not sure which – but they wound up tra- – yeah, they wound up trading. The mid up, one. Right. Yeah, no. So uh, they wound up uh, – the Jones pick. Right. 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 And, and and let's finish let's finish with that team. Let's finish with your king. So, you know, they, they, you've been on this from for a long time, and you've been spot on. You were spot on with the series against the Knights. I don't think from afar people, even though it was a sweep, people realize those games should have been five, six, nothing, now one, nothing, two, one. But you know, the Kings need to get younger, and they get fa- and they need to get faster. They re up Drew Doughty. A special player, um, you know. Got to see the second half of that contract, but it is what it is. And they signed Kovalchuk. Where are the Kings at in your mind? Are they are they definitely a playoff team next year? And what makes you think next year will be different in terms of let's just say uh, being a team to to deal with come the playoff time? Definitely playoff team. No, they were uh, second wild card this year, right? I, I, and they you were, know, signing. Uh, they played the Knights the in the first round. Card. They played the Knights yeah, in the they first were the round. Yeah, they the first wild card. Yeah, because Colorado so, got, okay. um, Col- got right, Nashville. Colorado yeah. got Nashville. Okay, so um, I think the teams in front of them in the division. Now uh, they. I don't say definitely. Uh, you know, signing Dowdy, that's fine. Um, probably about where where he should be. I think out of of uh, he's a top three defenseman in the National Hockey League. If you can go eleven for him, no doubt. I think I think that's an eleven million dollar player. If you're a top three forward, no and, and, and then you can my go only, eleven for him. Connor McDavid at thirteen, question, right? My, 
So Right. No, my only question about Dowdy is because that's an eight-year – so he still has one more year to go on his old deal. Is, yeah, so you got him in full career. He's a king for life. Right. I, right. I have no doubt over the next four or five years he's going to continue to be one of the best defensemen in the league. But, you know, the human body – And we'll see. Kind of invented – yeah, so that's the only thing is what is the second half of that contract? You know, where is he going to be at? Because, as you know, there's he's, he's played a ton of minutes, you know. Um now, just, am I saying that? Am I saying that in the second half of the contract he's going to go from Drew Dowdy to, you know, to a third pairing defenseman? No, but you know, maybe by the middle of that contract he's the second pairing defenseman, and maybe, oh yeah, you know, maybe the last That's, year. I mean, but you know, but that that is what it is. I mean, that it is what it is. You're going to sign Dowdy's a king for life. Come on, um, and you got to eat it at, no, at, I, at I that point it. if you get diminishing returns. Um, but I as far as, as, totally get it. as far as your original question of, are they a definite playoff team next year? I think a 35 year old Ilya Kovalchuk, who's been out of the league for what, four or five years now. I don't know how, what he did in Russia translates to the Los Angeles Kings, to the national hockey league for one, but specifically to, uh, coach Stevens philosophy behind the bench and the Los Angeles Kings. I, I haven't seen him skate, so I don't know. I'm sure he adds a little bit of speed. Um, I think more of a um, I think more of a factor on if the Kings make the playoffs is playing a full season with a healthy Jeff Carter. I, I think that sure. will tell more of the tale than obviously the Dowdy signing doesn't affect um, whether they make the playoffs or not, um, he was going to be there anyway. Uh, Ilya Kovalchuk, remember we were talking when um, uh, I think it was Radulov came back and signed with Montreal for the one-year deal, right? And yep. we said that's a wild card. We said that's a wild card. I kind of feel that right. way about Kovalchuk. We know he had the hands yeah. when he left the league. We know he led the KHL in sure. scoring. <clears throat> but they're not playing North American hockey over there. They're not getting pounded by teams like Winnipeg right. all night long. So we'll see if he's 35 years old, if he can, uh, if he can, you know, step up and, and take that in a Western conference that, and he's got to play the sharks. He's got to play the ducks. He's got to play the jets, uh, so on and so forth. We'll see if he can hold up. I, I mean, I, I think 20 goals, 50 points out of him would be, a, would be, uh, something to shoot for if he could get 50 points and 20 goals i think you got to be happy with your six million dollars right there so i i think carter and the other thing that that's probably under the radar about the kings they've lost a lot of their depth players that have been coming up and 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 back and forth sure. nick dowd signed signed elsewhere kevin gravel i thought i saw went to dallas but i'm sure he's not there michael mersh who at one time was uh going to be a a up and coming power forward with this team is gone. Um, maybe it was Merch that went to Dallas, but and a couple more pieces that um, the Kings did not resign. So, uh, 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 as it relates to next season, um, those depth players, excuse me, that have left, I want to know um, who's going to replace those guys and and where are they coming from. So I, I I can't put the Kings in the playoffs if the you know what if the Pacific Division finished one two three four the exact same way it did this year next year I would be surprised at all 
if San Jose jumps you know, tonight, yeah. and and then you have a two-three battle with Anaheim and um, Vegas for the second and third slot in the, in the division, I could see that happening pretty easily with the Kings a few points behind, um, and a Calgary you know, a few you, points behind that. You know, I was just thinking of what when you were breaking this down is it's amazing to me that there's so many question marks about everyone in the Pacific. I mean, we didn't touch on Anaheim. They didn't really hit anybody. You know, Perry, Getzloff, Kessel are only older and the Should body have done more. more beat up. You, you know, um, uh, well, obviously, I don't know, the cap and all that stuff. But my point is, other than the Sharks, and ironically, uh, the Knights, those are the only two teams where I feel like, yeah, I, I, they're going to be fine. I'm not worried, you know. I'm not, yeah. I, I'm not saying there's a lot of questions in this year, but, but, but everyone else, I, 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 you know, some have more questions than others, but everyone else, um, there's a, there's a lot, there's a lot to be answered. And I can tell you what, I, I said, tell you what would not be, I mean, not that I've done the work yet, but it would not be a surprise to see both wild cards come out of the central again, except, you know, two years ago it was that way, but, um, right. this year the Kings did sneak in late in the season. I wouldn't be surprised at all. Um, I, I mean, let's I look at it. Van- Vancouver has a lot year. of young. Yeah. Vancouver has a lot of young prospects. Um, so they're going to get better. Arizona, I think got better, but they have a long way to go. You, you know how I feel yeah, about those Calgary. Two, those two, those two teams. The Kings are going to, the Kings are going to grit it out and, and be that third, fourth, wild card can I catch yeah. Anaheim kind of a team I still put Anaheim just a little bit ahead of them because they Anaheim has um a step below in net obviously John I'm a big Jonathan Quick fan but I think Anaheim is is a better depth team they have a lot more youth and and speed on their third you know their their forwards from let's say five to nine on the Ducks, I rate a little bit higher than the Kings. And overall, top to bottom, I, I rate Anaheim's defense quite a bit better. Um, after Dowdy and Muzzin, and Martinez, too, is, is a little is a nice player. But, I mean, you saw what happened when Dowdy missed the game in the playoffs. You had a guy that, that uh, yeah. never played in the, in, the, in the NHL playoffs before. You have Dion uh, right. back there. He's another year older. Um, and that Kevin Gravel, who replaced Dowdy, well, now he's gone. Um, so right. I have a lot of questions on the Kings defense, and, and I think Anaheim should be that third spot. I'm not going to the Vegas is going to regress card that everybody's going to do it. Um, that's a very good hockey team, and I think them and the Sharks will be fighting for the Pacific Vision. The only way I see Vegas having uh, – we'll finish with this, I think uh, – having a bit of a struggle next year in terms of the regular season is if Flurry got hurt and was out for a long period of time. I think Again. they just they, they have they, they have too many solid players. They're too well coached. Uh they got a good blend. I, I really do believe that. I don't and not that yeah. Subban couldn't do the job, because uh, he did play well when he played last year. I mean obviously that would be a, you know uh, and and um uh, and so did Dansk. So Dansk and Legacy, yeah, they have both re-signed also. There's going to be a competition yeah, in I, camp between those three for the backup spot. Suvan's not guaranteed that position, sir. Yeah, 
Interesting. But that's the, only, sure. that's the that's only thing, you know, that's, that's the only thing uh, I, I, I would say is, uh, I mean, injuries can happen to anybody, but obviously, you know, that's the only thing. Uh, other than that, I, I agree. really do think that, I, I think the Vegas and the Sharks, I mean, how weird is that saying that, you know, the one-year <laughs> franchise is, is the given and along Well, I'm the Sharks, over that. I mean, to me, yeah, that's no. Just a, that's just division, a franchise but, now. That's just a franchise now. I'm, but, I'm over the expansion really, and the this and that. Right. It's a good now team. they're every other team. Yep. In my mind, they now were since January. Other, but, so. Right. But, um, yeah, I really do believe that, that, that both wild cards, I think odds are, are going to come from the Central. Because, like I said, keep in mind, you got to like St. Louis's chances to be in the playoffs. They just missed the last year, and they're, they're much improved. Now, whether or not they've, they were one of the leaders – uh, in, in the West, uh, that's a big that's a big question mark. But uh, you know, uh, unless they get these yep. with injuries, you, you no, gotta, I agree. You gotta, you gotta like their like their chances. Well, we, all right, Chris, sir, no, I got to run, sir. Another year, another all year, right. yeah, another year in the another books, in sir. The books. Uh, we'll oh, talk in been... September unless something breaks. Yeah, if Carlson's traded, we're gonna we're gonna come back and do another another thing, and, and we'll keep our eye on the league. If we feel like something breaks that that yes. we need to do a show on, we're we're definitely gonna be here for everybody. And thank you to the uh, what was it I saw fourteen thousand plays and listens that we had in the in the last uh, since the start of the year. Uh, everybody jumping on Great. board and and listening to the show. It's it's grown a lot this year. We really appreciate all, everybody who listens to the show. Um, and, and I, it's just fun for us, and we can't thank you guys enough for coming along with us. It was a heck of a ride in, in Vegas Golden Knights land, and uh, we'll, we'll see uh, what what happens in the future. Um, final thoughts, Chris, for the season. Uh, looking forward to next season already, and uh, we've already started talking about our preview show, so we're all fired up. Yep, yep. Thanks to Russ Cohen for hosting us on his Sportsology SoundCloud. Easy for me to say. Uh, the Sportsology SoundCloud page. Um, and also the Hockey Writers and Grandstand Sports Net for, for keeping us around over on those. You can you can always catch the Vegas Hockey Podcast at blogtalkradio.com or iTunes Podcast app. Um, if, you, if you're joining for some Vegas Golden Knights talk for the next you know month or so. Just just click the subscribe button and listen to some of our backlogged issues. They're all there for you. Chris, it's been great, buddy. We'll be planning a really good 2018-19 season uh, for everybody. So for Chris, I'm Mark, and we're gone.